tonight we come to a familiar part of the Christmas story. In fact, it's probably the most famous part of the Christmas story, largely uh, due to the influence of one Mr. Charlie Brown and Mr. Linus Van Pelt. You'll remember the, uh, the cartoon back from the 19, late 1960s when Charlie Brown, in a moment of utter despair over how badly his Christmas is going, yells out to no one in particular and everyone who's listening, can anyone tell me what Christmas is all about? And Linus grabs his blanket, steps up to the microphone, and lays down some KJV, doesn't he? Some good old King James Version, by memory, tells this part of the story. It's a beautiful, beautiful moment, and a lot of us have heard this, and you've read this many times, and we're going to do it again in a more user-friendly version, though. Here it goes. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. These shepherds are third shifters. They're working the graveyard shift. And you need to understand something. In that culture in that day, despite the fact that Israel was a shepherding culture, shepherds were kind of the low men on the totem pole. They were dirty, they were stinky, and they were also considered unclean. And by unclean, what we're talking about is not just the fact that they needed a shower, but because of their work, because of the things that they did, they were not allowed to worship in the temple. They couldn't perform their their Jewish acts, the things that they were required to do, not without a significant amount of ritual, but these were the lowest of the low. And there they are, out in the fields, keeping watch, doing the thing that they're supposed to be doing, minding their own business, punching the card, just living an everyday sort of an existence. And an angel of the Lord (laughs) appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. This is the part of the King James Version that I really like because the King James Version says they are sore afraid. It means they were were so scared that it actually hurt. Have you ever been that afraid? I hope not. I hope you've not been that scared of anything. But that's the idea that's conveyed here is that they're absolutely terrified. They're just frozen in fear. But the angel of the Lord said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. For all the people, including you. Today in the town of David, that's Bethlehem, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. That's everybody. It's interesting here, and I may have mentioned this in the past, but it says that they were praising God and they were saying. It doesn't say anything about singing. The word's pretty specific here. Saying. Now, there's a school of thought, and i got to be honest, I haven't corroborated this, 
I haven't looked into it very deeply, but I think it's rather interesting that there's a, a suggestion that there is no singing in heaven until human beings show up. So if you look at the book of Revelation, there's you know, several places where you've got angelic hosts who are saying things, not necessarily singing things. But the singing actually occurs when humanity is united with God after the second coming. I don't know if that's entirely true. I think it's an interesting thought. But I also think it's interesting that sometimes when we're singing, and we feel the presence of God with us, there's this part of me that wonders if the angelic hosts themselves show up because they want to know what it sounds like. Isn't that good? They want to know what it sounds like because they don't sing, they say, you get to sing. Did you hear me? You get to sing. And so when we're talking about, you know, staring at the face of God, whew, we get to sing that. I don't know, I'm speculating on that part, but that's okay. It's my speculation alone. And regardless of the various theories, can you imagine what that sound was like? All those angels saying that over and over again. And it's such a beautiful thing because they're speaking to the third shifters, the people that you would least expect. In fact, the people that you would most expect, they're kind of even out of the picture. And the whole point is, is that, look, the bottom line here for all people, all people, including the lowest of the low, the ones who are considered unclean, the ones that everyone tries to avoid. But there's more to the story, isn't there? There's a little bit more. When the angels had left them, and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. We don't get this opportunity very often to be the first on the scene. We're not the ones who are picked. Let's go do and check this thing out. And in, and in kind of thrive language, we would say they listened and they responded. That's what disciples do. Disciples listen and they respond to the things they hear God speaking to them. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. Now, now think about this, and, and, and I've got to remind you, these are real people, folks. They don't have the benefit of reading the end of the story. They actually are real people, and they're responding to the things that they've actually seen and they heard. And I'm sorry, but if you saw angelic beings, you'd be wanting to tell that story too, even though some people are going to think you're crazy. But it was that big a deal. In fact, there was this angel. He told us this thing. We went and we checked it out. It turned out to be true, and... Oh my gosh, what does this mean for all of us? They spread the word concerning the things that they had heard. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. You see, when God shows up and says something, you're amazed. When you testify to what God has said, people are amazed. 
Then it says, Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary, the one who said, yeah, I'll go ahead and I'll say yes to whatever the Lord wants. Mary, who probably was ostracized by her community. Mary, who was maybe as young as 13 years old and trying to navigate life and marriage and all of this. And and she's just absorbing all of this and she's taking it in. The shepherds returned back to the fields glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and they'd seen, which were just as they had been told. There's the angel. Here's what happened. Here's what you're, what you're going to find. So they go and they check it out and they find that very thing. Surprise, surprise. And they glorify and they praise God. There's two things about this that I, just kind of struck me. First is that they reported what they saw. They testified. You know what? It is always a good idea to be ready to tell the story of what God has done for you. Always. In fact, I'm going to make a relatively bold statement, I think. You want to change the atmosphere in the room? Start telling the story about what God has done for you. And if you don't have something that God's done for you that you can readily tell someone else's story, that's fine too. The point is, it's not the story, it's the God behind the story. You want to change the atmosphere in the room? You want to change the conversation? Tell the story. Secondly, notice that the shepherds returned glorifying God. They returned glorifying God just like the angels did. They returned to heaven. Shepherds returned to the field, but they were both doing the same thing. You see, here's the thing you need to remember. Real worship is contagious. Real worship is contagious. When you're dealing with the miracles and the wonders of God Almighty, it's contagious. All Advent, we've been discussing this idea of Christmas noise trying to figure out what the signal is from the static, right? All of that. We've got the noise of history. Jesus came for you despite your history. If you look at his family tree, he got a weird history too. You're in good company. There's the noise of opinion You know, I was thinking about this the other day. There's only one opinion that really counts. What does the Lord say about you? You are sons and daughters of a living God. That's the only opinion that counts. Everything else is just details. You start with that opinion and watch how other things fall into place when you understand who you are and the opinion of the one who counts, mm, you end up stop comparing yourself to other people's highlight reels. And then there's the noise of tradition. And yes, I do have Fiddler on the Roof playing in my head right now. 
But please remember that anytime we do any, any sort of tradition, any sort of ritual, any sort of routine, all of that is, is never to replace relationship. It always serves the relationship. We do traditions because it matters. And it matters to us because it reminds us of our relationship to God and to the people around us. This noise of tradition we can set off to the side because the relationship is what really counts. And tonight, I think what we've read about more than anything else is the noise of celebration. That night, to those shepherds, heaven rejoiced because heaven had crashed into earth. Can you imagine? You see, here's the thing. Sometimes the noise is the message. Sometimes the message is so great, we've got to say it loudly. Sometimes the noise is the actual message. And so we have the noise of Christmas and we have this noise of celebration And you guys have been doing a good job tonight, by the way. I've been listening. It's been awesome. Just don't be outsung by the kids. And tonight, I think what we're going to do is we're going to finish our worship with candlelight. It's kind of our tradition. And we're going to use our voices. And so I'm going to very simply invite you to join both angels and shepherds as we sing. You know the the Christmas carol. You know Silent Night. I think we got a little different spin on it, but as you're singing that song, I want you to think about the noise that you're making, because it's not really noise, is it? You're celebrating because the king has come into his kingdom. And that's who we get to serve. We get to serve the king in his kingdom. So we'll do it in a kind of a special way. We've got these little candles. Hopefully you've got one. Got this nifty little And what we're going to do as we sing, we're going to watch the candles light up the room. Now, brief little instruction. We call it wax management. The lit candle stays in the upright position. The unlit candle is dipped towards the flame and when it catches on fire, is brought to the upright position again. That way, any wax ends up, hopefully, on the piece of cardboard, or at least on your hand, and not on our carpet. How's that? So as we sing this song, we're celebrating. I don't know what celebration means to you. 
And certainly Silent Night isn't necessarily the song for a whole lot of noise, but it doesn't matter. The point is, we rejoice at the birth of a king who changed everything for each one of us. Kind Father, we very humbly gather together on Christmas Eve amidst an awful lot of noise. Some of the noise isn't so good. Some of it's just plain static. Some of it just hurts our ears. But I pray as we sing and we worship, we would begin to hear your message, your signal, that you loved us so much that you wrapped yourself in human flesh, became a baby so that we would understand you. And that you lived and you worked and you ministered so that we could understand the heart of God. And the moment we thought it was all over when you died, and you walked out, and you created a path for all of us. We celebrate you today, Lord, our God, our Savior, our King. And my prayer, Lord, is on your birthday, you would enjoy everything that you hear and see among us. In Jesus' name, amen.